Hey, and I don't shave just for anybody these days. So not only did you get my gray, <laughs> now you got me clean shaven too. So. Uh, okay, so that, that's going to be the intro. I'll forget the normal intro. Uh, <laughs> hello to Michael Schmerich. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, so let's. you and I were talking about uh, what's new this year with Black Friday. And so maybe give us a quick 30 seconds on uh, kind of where you're coming from and what you've been up to and what you're all about. Sure. So thank you for having me. I'm honored and thrilled to be here. Um, for those who don't know who I am, I once had a client tell me that if a marketing and PR firm and a management consulting firm had a baby is that I would be the result. And the reason why he said that is that while I was able to get all the nice and shiny placements and cool looking pictures that a PR agency normally does, um, I love looking at an organization's operation strategy finance strategy and supply chain strategy like a management consultant would and try to uncover uh, different ways to skin the proverbial cat um, in terms of solving problems. And one of the biggest problems that we're all facing right now as a result of this fine COVID pandemic is that we're approaching Black Friday, we're approaching the day after Thanksgiving, which I still can't believe is just right around the corner. Yeah. And it's a day that we're usually primed to say after dinner, let's hit the malls, let's go shopping, let's buy. But because of this pandemic, not a lot of people are buying. Not a lot of people are going to go to the malls. And as we're seeing here in Illinois, and in a lot of other states around the country, and quite frankly, the world, we don't want people to shop now. So the idea of Black Friday and the holiday shopping season is completely in disarray. Yeah. And so now it's not really, it's not really black Friday. It's like plaid Friday, gray Friday, (laughs) khaki Friday. It's just, it's not black anymore. Yeah. I saw a stat that something around 50% of people are not comfortable shopping in stores. And and I'm trying to make sense of like, so what about the 50% who are okay versus the 50% who, who are, it just seems like an interesting, you know, it's, it's the same as our divide on mask or no mask. It seems like. But uh, we can certainly go into the politics of it. But what, where I do think that there's an interesting dichotomy is that what Black Friday used to represent, and that's what got me thinking about this. It mm-hmm. used to be when we would go to a mall or go to a store, just like the little things like seeing Santa in the middle of a mall shopping court and you would see a bunch of kids lined up. It's just not the same seeing Santa lined up in a wall full of plexiglass and Santa wearing a mask beyond that what's on his beard and Santa's elves taking pictures from at least six feet away and having every kid six feet away. Just the very cue of what we think of the holiday shopping season is, is like in flux. Yeah, it's interesting. So what do you have ideas for? So if you were advising a brand, what are, what are things that people can bring into a black Friday sort of strategy that might actually be successful. Sure. So I I think one of the things that you're going to start seeing for as much as we've all heard ad nauseum about how brands are using digital and technology to foster connections. The reality is a lot of shoppers are facing digital and, and social and just device fatigue. So I'm starting to see a lot more brands that are starting to resort to what I would say old fashioned or five senses communication. 
Um, I'm a big fan, for example, of uh, Nordstrom Rack recently. They've done a lot of work with their phone banks and having literally empowering their phone teams when you call customer service, because people do actually call brands these days and ask for help. And literally empowering those people to take advantage of when a customer is calling, that's a great opportunity to win someone over. Because here's the thing, we're all gonna be buying things digitally. It's a foregone conclusion, but there's also going to be these opportunities where we're gonna to have to return things digitally. And that's gonna be a real bottleneck. So why not try to take an opportunity of trying to use a voice or an old fashioned phone call to try to foster a relationship with someone. What you and I are doing right now is the earliest form of social media. We're talking to one another. I'm forming an opinion of you. You're forming an opinion of me. We're all gonna share information based on what we see of each other. That's how relationships get started. And it's a wonderful way for a brand to take advantage of the holiday shopping season during a pandemic. So I think yeah. that we're gonna start seeing more of that in, in the months ahead, even beyond um, that when the holidays are over. And do you see any sort of risk of going too far and doing that badly? Or is any sort of connection gonna work no matter what you do? I think that in all cases, it's like if you go too far, um, you don't wanna lose sight of what's truly important to the customer is that she is really looking for, not only is she looking for a source of convenience, but she's looking for returns that matter here and here. Mm -hmm. um, say what you want about the big box stores, but I think that Target is doing an amazing job of being able to blend the in-person and the digital together. Um, there's a theory of retail called BOPIS, B-O-P-I-S, which is buy online, pick up in store. Um, it's a great opportunity for a retailer or a brand to build on the purchase that was made online by getting that customer to walk into the store and make additional or, or additional purchases based on what they bought before. So let's just say that you bought your son an Xbox online and you picked it up because you wanna have it uh, because all the other stores are out. Well, if someone's picking it up inside of the store, hey, did you know the latest uh, Madden 21 is coming out? We've got it in aisle 10 that's an extra $60 right there that you could pick up um, in sales just by walking in the store. And again, putting that relationship and that five senses as you and I talking to each other in person, that's where targets are starting to win more and more. And you're gonna start seeing that in other sectors, the grocery industry, same kind of thing. When you're buying something for a recipe, you run in and get it once you order it online, you run down and get those additional items that you need to really complement the recipe. Sure. I wonder what's your take on how much this will stick. So obviously people are sort of reacting now and trying to find the best way to do, you know, this year's season. Um, I know like a lot of things I've, I've talked to a lot of people lately about how, for example, you know, now that we're all working from home, it's going to give us this long sort of like test cycle of, well, what do we do? Well, what, what can we do differently? What can we do better next time kind of thing. And with the idea that things will be changed in some way kind of forever, um, what things do you think will stick through this kind of uh, this Black Friday learning period? Well, I think that one of the things that we're going to see is that every brand is really being tested to the limits about how far it can go using digital. I think some brands will discover they really can't do digital as much as they would like, and they really need 
the in-person variable. Um, I look at here in Chicago and across the Midwest about the number of furniture stores that are closing. And for as much as you say that they're closing, they say, well, we can go online to buy. It's a great example, but you know what? I can't go online and order a couch, have it brought to my home, try it out in my home and say, you know what? I want Amazon to pick up a couch and have it brought back you still need to have the human element of some of these retail establishments. And I think that we're gonna find how far is too far for a lot of these brands and for a lot of different sectors. Now, mind you, I think there might be some different models that come into play. And we're starting to see that um, with things like direct to consumer, uh, say for example, Warby Parker, who's got both the online and a physical retail store. We're even seeing it with Kohl's um, being able to accept returns from Amazon. So we're seeing some blending of digital and physical retailers working together. But I think what we're going to see is we're gonna see how far is too far for a lot of different brands and a lot of different sectors. And then they'll realize, you know what, maybe we don't need to be putting as much money into digital. Maybe we can do something and build up our physical stores and hey, let's be retro about it and be cool and put some things into the physical space and making it cool again. Yeah, it's really interesting seeing how, you know, brands that skewed one way or the other, whether heavily digital or heavily uh, brick and mortar, experimenting with that, where that crossover line is and being successful in different ways too. Because I think you mentioned a few brands that we all know that have done a good job with the curbside uh, pickup uh, and others that maybe haven't or missed the boat or are avoiding it altogether. Um, I, think I think we're gonna also start, land. yeah, I think we're gonna start seeing stores for lack of a better term, get smarter. They're actually, just how we've heard about like smart brands or smart cities, how we're integrating technology, stores are getting smarter. Like, so for example, could the end cap of your local Walmart or Target have technology or beacons that can actually tell if you're shopping in a particular sector more often than not? Um, for those who don't know, there's actually, in a lot of big box stores, there's actually beacons on the ceiling of stores that can actually develop heat maps to tell like, what are the areas that are being shopped more or less than others? I think we're gonna start seeing that more often where it's gonna be much more integrated into shelves and end caps and things at more human levels. Um, but again, it's gonna be the thing is like, how far is too far? Do we really wanna see all those digital technologies? Um, I'm really fascinated, just quick sidebar story. I'm really fascinated for when the new Amazon grocery stores are gonna open up. I believe there's one opening up in Schaumburg next year. Um, I'm really fascinated by that because we're gonna start seeing how the Amazon Go technology of just being able to walk in and out just without, without a yeah. cashier. How is that gonna work for when we wanna buy our asparagus and romaine lettuce at a regular grocery store? Yeah, I have to admit, I, I've been to a couple of those. And in fact, I went to one just to see how it worked and see if I could, you know, deconstruct it. And it felt like I was robbing them. I, I think I, I, I got a pack of gum and that was it. And I was walking out and saying, you know, can I just go? Is this how this works? And that technology is here and it's ready. Uh, and I, I feel like people are going to be experimenting both with this. The brands will experiment with how to interact with the customers and customers will learn vice versa how to interact and with it, them. And I think we're going to start seeing it more and more in industries and sectors uh, that we're not used to seeing even after Black Friday. So one that I think is going to be fascinating to watch in 2021 is that 
a couple of years ago, Amazon made an acquisition of a company, I believe it was called PillPack. And PillPack, it was essentially, it was an online service to distribute pharmaceuticals and drugs um, through regular retail channels. Well, earlier this week, Amazon announced uh, the launch of uh, pharmacy services and being able to have free delivery for Prime members. Um, I'm amazed uh, that Amazon's going that way because pharmaceuticals are a lot more regulated than say the grocery industry. But I think this is gonna be an industry that's gonna say how far is too far for the consumer to go right. about purchasing their meds online could it actually drop prices? How will it affect the margins and the manufacturing systems of, of manufacturing yeah. now? And oh, by the way, if there's a COVID vaccine, how are they going to potentially drop the price of that? Yeah. Well, you know what? I really, it's funny. I followed that news about Amazon, uh, the pharmaceutical delivery as well. And one of the things I really like about it is that when you think to yourself, you know, what company can deliver all the way to the last mile door to door to a consumer? I think Amazon is such a like a huge lead in that department that again, the way it makes sense that they would do that. And there are probably a lot of other industries they could disrupt by doing that, offering that same service. If we're putting on our tea, our like fortune telling hats and reading the tea leaves, I still have a belief that Amazon is no longer a shopping platform, but they're becoming much more of a regular retailer than we give them credit for because they've already got like Amazon Go, they've got Amazon Four Star, they've got Amazon Bookstores. It would not surprise me, and I know that they've been making a huge foray into real estate. It would not surprise me to start seeing them take up some A and B real estate in malls across the United States and create Amazon stores where the, and the merchandise inside of it is based on the recommendation algorithms that are locally found. It'll increase the turnover and speed in terms of how products are turning back and forth. Yeah, um, I've heard that I think theory as well. It's going to wake probably some one people of the few up. That, yeah. They're probably one of the few brands that can fill those empty, uh, you know, Sears uh, corner corner lots at the big malls. Like I still think that again, just prognosticating without any basis of fact. I think Amazon is going to buy Kohl's. There's a reason why they start putting those lockers inside of Kohl's and being able to take, and it's not just because it's additional consumer access. I think they're testing the waters a little bit to see how physical real estate does for them. Yeah, that's really good. Hey, this has been really great. Thanks for the insight on the, uh, the Black Friday and other topics. Uh, no problem. Let's do it again sometime. Anytime. Always good chatting with you. Always and good to shape for you too. I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. That was great. Hey there. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to your more content just like that.